Hello, welcome back in to another episode in this free Healing Your Attachment Style series on this private podcast. I'm glad you found your way here. I feel like as I'm recording this, I'm in this kind of dark room and I just feel like I'm I'm creating hopefully this little secret hidden pile of gold that really gives you revelations and insights towards healing anxious attachment specifically in this episode because in this one, I'm going to dive into the kind of nitty gritty details, the tools, the path, the structure, the strategy of what it looks like to move from anxious tendencies primarily to secure tendencies. And I want to start by sharing an analogy slash small story that I think really paints the picture of what it's actually like going on this journey. And the story goes like this. There was a man and he needed to get across town. So he took the path that felt right and this path took him through a tunnel and in that tunnel he fell down a big hole. The second day he needed to get across town. And so this time he decided to take the same path which took him into the same tunnel. This time he inched his way along the side of the hole and he still fell in. On the third day, the man tried to get across town, needed to get across town. He took the same path in the same tunnel and this time was able to successfully inch his way around the side of the hole without falling in, but it wasn't without stress. And on the fourth day, the man needed to get across town. He took a different path with no tunnel and no hole at all. What I love about this and what it really mirrors is that often in our healing journey of our relating dynamics, the patterns that we run, the partners that we choose, it's often little by little that we start to attract different types of people and different scenarios and that we can experience and hold ourselves differently and more securely in these different scenarios. So I can remember vividly after I had gained so much awareness and mental level awareness of my attachment style that I was presented once again with a partner that was avoidant, quite emotionally unavailable and not ready for a committed relationship. And I watched myself walk down the same path, thinking that now, because I knew better, I would be able to manage his avoidant attachment style better. Like I had this scholar lens all of a sudden, and I could even use it deeper to my advantage to basically try and manipulate him into feeling extra comfortable and extra safe with me. And it was such a form of delusion that of course I could only see in hindsight. But to me, that was the the perfect example of walking around the edge of the hole but still falling in basically and before that it's like we blindly walk and fall in the hole before we realize what our patterns are we don't really realize and then there is a point where you will probably see what's going on and then maybe see yourself still trying to get around that hole but inevitably falling in and to me that was definitely the most painful pivotal part of this because it was like I was fully consenting to doing it and then still watching myself end up in such a deep state of pain and heartbreak. And that was what allowed me to basically vow that I wasn't going to do that again. I would still say there was a time of walking along the edge of the hole and kind of being like, oh, I see that. I see this avoidant thing happening and I'm going to get around it. I'm going to walk away from it. But it was close. You know, I I considered what it might be like to go check out the hole again and like see if it was different in there this time. And I had to really take my time and sort through, is this meant for me? Is this not meant for me? And now I can confidently say that it's just a path I'm not interested in walking. I'm not attracted to those sorts of dynamics anymore. It doesn't feel good in my body anymore. It doesn't feel addictive anymore because of the work that is done in between all of the rounds of walking in the tunnel. You know, if we saw that as four rounds, like in between each of those, the work that happens really causes a shift and, and causes us to no longer desire to even play with the risk of the hole. 
But what I want to share with you is what it takes to be able to reorient from that, from that default pattern of walking towards potentially painful dynamics where our needs aren't getting met, where we're feeling really anxious, where we're tolerating breadcrumbs, all of the things that tend to come with avoidant tendencies. Pardon me, anxious tendencies. What we're really trying to cultivate on the other side, so you can get a picture, is a deep sense of self-trust. I actually think that's a part of this discussion that often gets missed a lot. It's it's implied in so many ways and it happens naturally through lots of these different modalities, I guess I would say, but I want to point to what it, the, to the fact that that is what we're cultivating and self-trust brings us to a point where we know that we are going to take care of ourselves and we trust that we are going to make decisions that are for our highest good and our highest well-being. And so often our inner trust is broken when we fall into these patterns of believing that we need to self-sabotage or cross our own boundaries or people please in order to get love, right? That's abandoning a part of ourselves, the part that wants to feel loved unconditionally, taken care of unconditionally and supported. And right alongside there with self-trust is self-love and self-worth because often the attachment adaptation behaviors that we choose are representative of pedestaling other people, putting other people above us. Usually in the anxious attachment style, that's pretty common. You know, we have this underlying assumption that they are going to leave us or we're not good enough for them. And then we start to shapeshift to be who we think they want us to be. And we can tend to be really reserved in asking for what we want, really tolerant of behavior that we know doesn't feel good, communication that we know doesn't feel good, and commitment levels that we know don't feel good. But because this part of us, again, formed at a really young age, has a belief that this is what love feels like, it's very easy for us to kind of um, diminish our own self-worth and diminish choosing ourselves because part of us so deeply believes we need to choose the other person and be very aware of the other person and what they need in order for us to feel satisfied. So for the anxious attacher, one of the things that we really need to master is self-soothing which is just as it sounds, it's self-regulating, self-calming, being able to be independent within ourselves without needing to experience validation from the external world in order to feel enough or in order to feel okay. And I can explain that simply, but of course, this is really the crux of a lot of shifting from anxious attachment tendencies to secure tendencies is being able to master the self-soothing. So what we often see in anxious attachers is either a fear of being alone, like really not like being not liking being alone, wanting your friends or partner around all the time. Or I think less talked about is the anxious attacher who doesn't mind being alone and actually who can spend time alone, but is still seeking a lot of external validation, whether that's through being a really high achiever, being a perfectionist, being a people pleaser, or just a deep desire and need feeling seemingly for external validation from men, for example. So the tool here is self-soothing and that looks different for everyone, but what it really is, is being able to cultivate internal resource and a place internally that allows you to come back to safety, to feeling a sense of love and support feeling supported and held within yourself externally or without needing it to be coming from a partner. For example, the practice from the last episode is an example of self-soothing because what you were able to do was find a calm, relaxed, peaceful state within your body bring your nervous system into something that mirrored what it feels like to go into an anxious reaction or an anxious tendency and then bringing yourself back down to being soothed. 
And this is something that we have to practice. And we have to just remember that with our breath, with our presence, we can bring ourselves back into this place. Sometimes this requires really letting your body and your emotions move in the way that they want to. So as an adult, it can feel wrong or childish to feel like I want to curl up in a ball and cry right now, or I want to get really mad and hit a pillow into the wall, but I would 100% encourage you actually to do just that because when we consciously bring our awareness to these parts of ourselves that are feeling this deep anxiety, this deep fear of rejection, uh, this deep urgency, whatever it is for you, there is a childlike part within us that didn't get the need met. That's the part that's crying. That's the part that's reaching. That's the part that's feeling desperate, feeling anxious. It's actually this really immatured, as in like not yet matured, part of us that is trapped in time, trapped in our psyche, that's still running these patterns that's really dictating our life, right? If that didn't fully land for you, definitely rewind the 30 seconds to listen to it again because it's a really key point of what we're looking at here. And so as I was saying, when we are practicing self-soothing, it's not about shutting down the anxious emotions. It's actually about letting them run their course and then being there to hold ourselves through it. So there's a really powerful line that one of my facilitator teachers and mentors introduced to me for this work and it was just saying to ourselves, I will breathe here with you as long as you need and that kind of helps us to eventually find our way back to ground find our way back to solid but before that before that regulating sentence we want to allow ourselves to express you know if you're feeling hurt from the experience with a partner if you're feeling heartbreak because of this repeating pattern or something that recently happened just let your body move those emotions curl up cry, scream into a pillow, stay connected to that feeling and allow it to release from your body that creates so much space and so much liberation for you to soothe, for you to regulate and then come back into the matured core of your adult being that has all this awareness but is having a hard time integrating because there's so much happening in the body that hasn't been expressed probably for years and years and years and so we want to let our body express and run run those run the course I want to say of what it feels like instead of trying to shut it down and and then we end up fighting with ourselves thinking oh I shouldn't feel anxious oh, I shouldn't feel this way sometimes we just have to let it express thirdly self-soothing often looks like just being really comfortable spending time alone without too much distraction so there's a time and a place for distraction on the healing journey for sure, which might look like social media or binge watching a TV show, but it's not necessarily productive. And sometimes if it's just a matter of I need to get my mind off of this so I don't text him again for the 15th time, then sure, put on your favorite YouTube vlogger and get like sucked into that to just try and create space. But before that, what can we do to just be with ourselves and allow ourselves to enjoy that time? And this might look like something with a, that requires a little more of your attention. For example, adult coloring books or crocheting or walking in nature, going for a bike ride, making a playlist. Maybe you have another artistic medium like writing stories or writing a poem or you like to, I don't know, create Pinterest boards. Not all of those are the same level, obviously, of like conscious presence versus distraction, but it is really helpful to really tune back into those things that make you feel like you and make you feel connected to yourself when we are practicing self-soothing. 
And the fourth thing I'll say about self-soothing is just just a bit of a closer look on what inner child work has to do with it, because I'm sure you've heard this word inner child work if you're in the personal development, personal growth, healing journey, corners of TikTok, then of course you've heard of inner child work, maybe you've done an inner child meditation before, but why it's important is because this experience happened, most likely these experiences when we were a child. And like I said before, there are these not yet fully developed necessarily parts of our brain that are kind of locked in a pattern. And so if you really can feel like the younger girl within yourself, just imagine her right now, you know, whatever comes to mind, two years old, six years old, eight years old, 11 years old, whatever feels natural. And just see if you can naturally feel that immediate compassion, that immediate patience, that immediate understanding or desire to encourage her, those are all hints as to what part of you has probably been missing and all opportunities for what we need to give ourselves in order to self-soothe. There's a word that you may not have heard of, which is called reparenting, which is another word that is just as it sounds. It's basically being the parent, the caretaker, or the adult that we needed or that we need now. What we just need to look at is what do we need and what can we feel within ourselves that we need and how can we give that to ourselves. As I wrap up this episode, I want to say that a lot of healing attachment style happens in relationship, okay? So this trauma happened in relation to another person and so healing happens in relation to another person as well. But before that, we can't just expect someone else. We can't just outsource a secure person in order to try and heal us from our anxious attachment style. It's just not going to work like that. We have to really first master our own self-soothing, our own connection to our inner child or inner teenager, all the versions of our inner child and our own reparenting so that we have more of a calm playing ground to bring another person into, to relate to another person on, even though they will offer deeper depths of the healing experience. If this conversation is really resonating with you and you would love to have my eyes on your attachment tendencies specifically and go into some deeper practices, then I would invite you to put your name on the wait list for the group that I'm going to be running, small groups always, of my program Secure Love. Sometime in the future, as long as your name's on the wait list, you will get a discount off the price and you will be the first notified for the 20 spots that open for each round. You can find that probably through the show notes of this episode. I'll also email it to you and yeah, then you'll just be notified. It's no pressure, no commitment. You'll just know when the program is running. So I'm going to leave you with that for this episode. I really hope that it was helpful and insightful and I would love to hear from you. So feel free to email me, message me at Elevate with Joe on TikTok. Hope to see you there too, and I will talk to you in the next episode.